going to share uh, the second part of the series that we're doing called Traveling Light, and uh, Traveling Light in Life, and uh, this one is called Letting Go of Bitterness, um, and uh, just dealing with how that, you know, life can cause bitterness in our, uh, if we don't watch out. And so uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, verse 14 through 15 says this, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this, many become defiled, and many become defiled. The enemy, your adversary's greatest tool that he uses against your life is to destroy relationships and to poison hearts. Destroy relationships and poison hearts. And uh, the enemy, if he can't make you stumble and fall, he will definitely try to make people make you stumble and fall by creating envy, and it, it can go on a lot of different levels. You know, the Bible teaches us, you heard it here, John 3.16, that you know God so loves the world. God loves all people. God doesn't just love perfect people. He loves imperfect people too. He loves the world. And sometimes in our Christian belief system, we can get this idea like God loves us more than he loves anybody else. And the truth is, God loves all of us. God loves all of us. He doesn't trust all of us, but he loves all of us. Amen. Equally. There's no greater love that anyone could have for anyone than to lay down their life for them. Jesus was it said about Christ. God so he so loved the world he gave his only son. We we read in the book of Romans where it tells us that what great love the Father has for us that while Christ, while we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. God doesn't show his love just to us after we become a Christian. God has shown his love to mankind, even while mankind was rebelling against him, was rejecting him, was cursing him, was cheating on him, was disobeying him. God still loved mankind. God wants us to love. The enemy... Wants us to wants to kill love. Doesn't want love to be a part of our life. And so, when we talk about bitterness, we talk about this root of bitterness. It's interesting because I started thinking about bitterness. That you know, bitterness is really the aftertaste. It's the aftertaste. Long after the event is over, right? You know, have you ever had a? You've probably done this. We used to do it to our kids when they were little. Put a lemon in your in in your kid's mouth. You know, just to just to watch their, you know, because you're bored and you, you know, Sharon and I, we didn't have a lot to do, so we just tormented our kids. So, you know, after the lemon's gone, what's left? The aftertaste. That's what bitterness is. Bitterness is the aftertaste of an event that's happened before in our lives. But see, the problem that we have to be careful with with bitterness is is that it can not only hurt us but it can hurt everybody around us too. That it can defile those who are around us. Um, it's long after the event is over. A seed of offense will always create a root of bitterness unless you deal with the offense, unless you deal with it. In my yard, I have three huge oak trees. I mean, they're massive. Some of those limbs got to weigh 1,000 pounds. 
that thing is gigantic. They're just gigantic trees. And, and you know, we get, the, we get the winds that blow through that are going, you know, sometimes we've had them up to 60 miles an hour. I'm sure that in, that's just while we've lived there. I'm sure in the past there's been higher winds than that have blown through there, and yet the oak trees are still there with these massive winds. Well, they did a study to figure out about these oak trees, why that they're able, they're so strong. And of course, we know about oak that that's a real strong wood. But the root system actually is where the real strength is. That if you took all the roots from that tree and you put them end to end, the roots would be a mile long. Now, it's not just a mile long, you know, root that's underground. It's a bunch of little roots and a bunch of big roots. And they're all over the place and they're all spread out everywhere underground. But if you put them end to end, they're a mile long. That's what a root of bitterness can do in our lives. It's not just one thing. It's a culmination of things that have happened in our life that have really affected us, that have really, that have really begin, can, if we are not careful, can begin to not just control our today, but will ruin our future. So let me give you a thought here. You cannot control what people do. Have you figured that out yet? You can't control what people do. People do crazy stuff. People say crazy stuff. You're going to get to deal with some of your family this week. They're going to do some crazy, nutty stuff. Somebody's going to say something that could tick you off, I'm sure. Right? Now, here's what can happen. You, you have to realize that you can't control what people do, but you can control how you respond to that, how you choose to deal with that. See, there's two problems with bitterness. Bitterness has a dangerous root, but also... Bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. And not only will it hurt, you know, when we're hurting, we don't want to just talk, we don't want to just keep our hurt internal. We start sharing our hurt. We start talking to other people about our hurt. Even though we may not even recognize we're doing that, we're conveying our own frustration, our own pain to other people because it's deep and because it's not, because it can't just be a root. It's going to turn into fruit as well. And we're going to say things and we're going to speak things about people that, that are going to be harmful and they're going to create even more difficulty. And here's the really tough part. Sometimes the offense that we deal with in our life, and this is one I've had to work through, and, and you know, please don't judge me with this, is we're offended at God. I mean, we're just mad at God. We don't like the way things are turning out. We don't like the way our kids are turning out. We did everything we knew to do. We taught them everything. We brought them to church. We, you know, we, we tried everything we know to do with our marriage. We tried everything we know to do with our finances. We tried to do everything we can with our life. And still things are not going exactly the way we wanted. You know, when I went into the ministry, I, I believed with all my heart that I was going to be on the mission field all my life. Sharon and I, that's how we started out. We, we were committed. We were going to go, we were going to serve in Mexico, and then we were going to go from there to the Philippines where my heart was, and eventually that that would be, I mean, I had my, I had my own, I drew my own map out of how this all was going to go. I had a plan. Plans are good things. Except that the proverb tells us that many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord will direct our path. Now, my thinking is, look, God, don't let me make any plans if you got a different plan. 
And I can remember sitting in our little tiny little house that we lived in and sitting in the living room and God telling me that I was going to pastor. And I argued with him because that wasn't my plan. And he says, this is what I want you to do. And I want you to see this is going to happen. I want you to know this is going to happen. And that's when God told me that if you'll raise, if you'll pastor, you'll do what I ask you to do. I'll raise up more missionaries and reach, you'll reach more people than you ever could if you went on the mission field yourself. So I said, okay. Jaron said, okay. Did we like it? I didn't like it at all. I cried. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was just because things weren't going according to my plan. Things weren't going according to my plan. You know, you can make great plans, but it doesn't always turn out the way that you thought it was going to turn out. I remember one year, we talked about Christmas Eve services. Some of you remember that we had what we called the Griswold Christmas Eve service. Everything went wrong. Every, anything that could go wrong went wrong. Now, it wasn't as bad as the year when the guy set his wife's hair on fire. But, I mean, everything went wrong. You play a song, the song, the, 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 the track wouldn't work right. And uh, they were trying to get through the song, did the best that they could. Our reader got confused while he was reading and got lost in his reading and then was trying to re regroup and couldn't get through the reading completely to the end. What should have just been a few minutes turned into much, much longer. Chuck's leading the choir. One of the young ladies passes out on the floor. Oh, Chuck, he's not merciful. He just says, keep singing, she'll be fine. Just keep it going, you know, and her dad's up there trying to resuscitate her, and Chuck's up there just still doing his Mitch Miller impression and, you know, keeping things moving. And she was fine, that's right. She turned out just fine. You know, the holidays are a lot like that, aren't they? You get everything ready. I know in our home, as our kids were growing up, every single year, Shannon got sick. Every year. We would put everything together, get all the bikes, and the smell of vomit would permeate through our house from this kid just being sick all night long. And then we would have her gifts out, and it just never, it never went the way that we planned. Every once in a while, you hit it, right? Everyone, I mean, that's probably what, it's like golf. Any of you golf here? You know, you never really do good at golf. Just every once in a while, you do good enough that you think, maybe I'll go back and try it again. Life is like that. Family is like that. What you expect isn't always what you get. Things don't always turn out the way that you plan. Sometimes we get mad at God because things aren't going the way that we planned. We saw our life a lot different than where it is right now. A lot different. You know, when we started 2019, I saw life a lot different than the way 2019. I had no plans of losing close friends this last year, but it did. Did I have words with God about it? You better believe I did. But here's the thing, you know, and just, just finishing up with that. You know, God doesn't go, well, you're hurting my feelings because you're saying that. What God says is, go ahead, finish it up, and then here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to let it go, and you're going to have to move on. 
You know, when we get upset with God, can I tell you the truth about this? There is no answer God could give us that would satisfy us. We're all like little kids. Have you ever told a kid, you know, they want to do something, and you look at him and you go, no. And they go, why? Right? And then when you tell them why, what do they say? But why? But I want to. See, what could God tell us that would change anything? There isn't anything he could say. That was whole, Job's whole, whole thing. You know, Job's, he's mad at God because all his life is just going, it's a mess right now. And he starts taking it out on God. And then God comes to him. And basically when it's all over with, he doesn't answer Job's question. He doesn't say, well, Job, the reason your life isn't going the way that you experience it is just because I don't like the way you look. I mean, it, it would be easier, at least we could just go, well, I'll just change the way I look, right? Or I'll change what, but it isn't, that isn't the answer. The answer is, he's not going to answer you because he doesn't answer to us. We answer to him. We answer to him. But if we don't deal with our offense towards God, and we don't deal with our offenses towards people, it will always move because even after it's over, the bitterness will begin to set into our lives. And it begins to color how we look at life. It begins to color how we look at marriage. It becomes to color how we look at our kids. It colors how we look at finances. It colors everything about our life. And we have to deal with that in our lives. So how do we kill the root of bitterness? How do we do it? Oh, you'll love this. We kill bitterness with compassion. Well, that's not the answer I was looking for. Well, here's the thing. If you want to get rid of bitterness, then you have to start doing good things to those you're bitter towards. Because it'll change you. So, well, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Well, here's the thing. God will help you because it's in you. You know, I want you to think about this because Mona, when she was up here talking, I, I, was, I was reminiscing about this. You know, there's just a very thin veil of skin between God and humanity, and it's your skin. Because God dwells in you. He's in there. He's in you, Dara. He's in you, Christine, Mona. There's just a real thin layer of skin that separates the anointing and humanity. You're the vessels, the carriers, the bearers of good news, of God's presence, of who He is and what He wants to do in humanity. You're the bearer of it. You say, well, He's God. He's, he's everywhere. Well, that is true, but He flows through His people, through your skin. But if we're not careful, this skin can get in the way. This skin can get in the way of what God wants to do. See, when people do us bad, the Bible is real clear about what we got to do. We got to love them. We get, to, we get the opportunity. You know, somebody says, well, that, they really did you bad. What are you going to do? I get the opportunity to love. Amen. Thanks for those two amens. Listen to this. This is out of Ephesians chapter 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all man malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So how do we kill bitterness? We kill it with love and we kill it with compassion. It says in verse 21 of the book of Romans 12, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Luke 6, 28, our own Lord's words, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Well, pastor, I don't know if I like that. That's exactly right, Adam. But here's, here's what I want you to get. Why you need God on your side. When you're in offense, God is not on your side. God's on your side when you love. God's on your side when you bless instead of curse. Everybody can curse when they're cursed, right? You curse at me, I curse at you. You spit on me, I'm going to spit on you. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. We're going to take, we're going to make this, you know, whatever you, you know, whatever you do to me, I'm going to do right back to you. But here's the thing, God is not in that for you. What God is in for you and I is, is that when we are despitefully used, we bless in return. We love in return. Because it's just not worth it to let something that happened yesterday rob you from your tomorrow. It's just not worth it. You know, I think of the people in my life, you know, that, 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 uh, that hurt me. What about the 18-year-old boy that molested me? I pray for him. He's a grown man. He's an old man now. He was 10 years older than I am. So he's in his 70s now. I pray for him. I pray that he has a revelation of God. And I'm not going to let something that happened when I was 8 and 10 years old steal my whole future from me. Well, Pastor, you know, you're just a lot tougher than I am. I can't do that. Did I, I didn't say it was easy. Because my first prayer was, my first thought is, let him burn in hell. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good right now. See, I know some of you looking at me like, well, I would never, I don't, I'm not that bad. Yes, you are. We don't kill with our actions, but a lot of times we kill with our heart, with our mouth. You know how it is when someone does you wrong, and if, especially if it was from before, you run these like, you have like this movie screen in your head. You're running this, well, if I, I'm going to say, I'll tell you, I'll state this to them. And when I say this to them, then they're going to come back. And then I'm going to say that. And then I'm going to punch them in the nose. Right? Or hit them with a baseball bat. Or run them over with my car. Or put a pillow over their face in their sleep. you're not going to do that, and you shouldn't be thinking that. See, it's not, it's not easy. But I know this. I, I learned this from the Lord long, long time ago in ministry. You have to bless those who persecute you. and Pray for those who despitefully use you. Oh, my goodness. I still think about the day. I can still see it in my head, me sitting at this table with all these ministers. And there's a guy that's sitting there at the table that split our church. And he, said, and he doesn't, you know, the audacity is that he doesn't, just, he doesn't just sit down at the table. He sits right next to me. And he's like, hey, Pat, don't call. You know, in my mind, I'm like running all these thoughts, things you might want to say. He's like, hey, good to see you, Pastor. And I'm thinking, don't call me, Pastor. I'm not your pastor, you dog.
And he sits down there next to me, and, 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 the, and, I'm, and then the guy that's leading the meeting says, you know, I just feel impressed today, a friend of mine named Kevin. And I, I tell you, I, then I had to deal with offense towards Kevin. <laughs> See, because, look, when you get offended about something, if you don't deal with it, then you're going to get offended more. And you're going to, remember, the roots are a mile long. They just aren't all one root. So Kevin goes, hey, uh, I feel impressed by the Holy Spirit. I believe it was the Holy Spirit now, but I didn't then. That we should pray for each other at the table. So I want you to, I'm thinking, well, at least give me the person to my left, not to my right. And I feel we should pray for the person to our right. I mean, just what in the world? And so I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, man, I'll tell you how I'm praying. God. I hope his ministry fails. I hope the people he stole from me all realize they run him out of town. I pray, Father God, financially he goes broke. Now look, you guys are all looking real pious right now, like, well, I'd never think anything bad like that. No. They are but worse, right? And the, I heard the Holy Spirit say, and the Lord turned Job's captivity when he prayed for his friend. This is in the Bible. Not a verse that I was familiar with. Because the way I heard it, when I, the Holy Spirit, I immediately twisted it to Job prayed for his enemies. Because I think the three guys, you know, these guys, they were, they were nasty. I mean, these are kinds of friends you don't want to have that when you're going through a tough time, they come and blame you for your tough time. They were just like, well, we don't feel sorry for you. You deserve what you're getting. You need to repent. You need to turn away from your sin. You need to get back right. You know, they just beat Job down. And God told Job to pray for him. And I'm sitting there next to this guy, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I can, I'll pray for him as my enemy. And the Lord, the Holy Spirit said to me, look the verse up. You're not quoting it right. I looked it up, and it said, and Job prayed for his friends. I says, well, what does that mean? He says, I want you to pray for him like he's your friend instead of your enemy. I said, man, Lord, you asked me to do a hard thing. I know I'm asking you to do a hard thing. And I wish I could tell you today that, man, I mean, I was just so joyful. I mean, you know, that I just had an epiphany moment and just jumped up and praised God, hallelujah, bless this guy and just let the Holy Ghost, and I, that in the way it started it all. It kind of started like this. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because Sharon and I, we were talking about this on the way in, that, that when, we, when we bless our enemies, see, it can't be just like, all right, I'll do it, God. Just because you said I got to do it, but I don't want to do it, but I'll do it and show you that I, I'm, a, I'm your servant. No, the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, so don't just be obedient, you got to be willing too. So I, my prayer started out like this, Christine. It went like this. Lord, bless him. Yeah, Lord, just really bless him. <laughs> Lord, I'm just praying that you would bless him. And I could just hear God in heaven going, come on. <laughs> I could hear it. I mean, it's like, Come on, you got, you know, you almost got it, son. Come on. I mean, just a little bit, a little bit more. All right, Lord. Um, uh, just, uh, you know, bless him. And, 
His wife's a good woman, bless her, and she's a really good woman. And uh, yeah, I got to watch because my prayer was kind of like, bless her because she's got to put up with him. And, <laughs> and yeah. But then the Lord said, look, you got to release this. So I just said, Lord, I ask you to bless this man, bless him financially, bless his family. Bless his, this was hard, bless his ministry. Bless what he sets his hand to, Lord God. Help him, help him to grow, help him. I, I stayed away from all the other stuff I wanted to say and just talked about. God, just let your blessings overflow him. Let him have a real experience with you, Lord God, that, to touch the depths of his soul, Lord God, in his relationship with you. Just bless him, Lord. Now, I'll attest to you that at that moment, even when it was over with, that I did not have peace. But peace did come. It did come. And breakthrough did come. But what if I would have... See, I talked to you in the offering about Esau, you know, that Esau syndrome. Is the temporary anger worth the long-term loss with God? Now, I'm talking about not with people. I'm talking about with God. Where would our ministry, Sharon, be today had we just gotten stuck in that? And bitter, bitter towards people, never trust anybody. And you know what? We've been hurt by lots of people since then, and it happens. But here's the thing. We made a decision to bless and not curse. Who's hurt you? Who in your life has hurt you? The number one thing that you can do for them is pray for them. And not pray that they see how, you know, it's like the one woman we had. Her name was Sue. She's in heaven now, but Sharon, her and some ladies in the church were fighting with each other. So she was in the wrong, the way she was carrying on. She was talking to other people, you know, that root of bitterness. So Sharon said, now we're going to go in here. We're going to make all this right. And uh, here's what I don't want you to say. I forgive you for what you did. Just go in, forgive it, and let's move on. They were in the worship team. They were all fighting with each other. This woman goes in that office, and she did exactly what first thing she said was, I forgive you for how you did this and this and this to me, and you did this and this. So here's the thing. What God tells us to do is to forgive it and not worry about correcting them. Let him do his work. You pray blessing. You say, well, who's going to correct him if I don't correct him? One, let me just point this out. You correcting them ain't going to correct them. Okay, they're not listening to you anyway, so just let that part go. You think somehow, well, I got to tell them how I feel about all of this. It won't make a hill of beans to them. It'll just drive a deeper wedge. Praying for them is the great authority that we have as we go before the Father and we speak blessing. God, just let them grow in you. Let them experience you. Let them find you. Let them have a revelation of you. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody? We kill bitterness with compassion, and we kill bitterness with forgiveness. The word forgiveness actually means to put it away. Just put it, put it away. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. It did happen. You know, you're hearing me tell my stories. All you guys got stories, I'm sure, right? You all have stuff that you could talk about that's happened. People that promised and didn't come through, things that didn't work out. But here's the thing. We kill that bitterness in our lives. One, by doing acts of kindness, of prayer, 
love, reaching out, blessing instead of cursing, but we also kill it whenever we choose to forgive. We're going to put it away. Just like you'll go, you know, I go home and if there are socks sitting out on my bed, I take those socks, Karen's washed them, and I put them away. I don't think about them anymore until I don't think about them. They're put in a drawer. They're put away. That's what we do when we forgive. You say, well, I don't feel right. You won't feel right. But eventually you will feel right. But here's what, here's what could go wrong. If you and I, when someone does us wrong and we let bitterness work in our life, here's what we'll do. We'll relive it. We'll rehearse it. And as we do that, it, the same emotional bitterness and pain will always come back to us because we're reliving it and we're rehearsing it. And you're just keeping the same scenario going and it's emotionally tormenting you. The devil's winning in this battle if you're letting that live in you because you're just rehearsing it and you're continuing to think about it. When, when these things come up, and they do come up, you do think about things that have happened. But what I say is I've choose, I chose to put that away. Now get back there where you belong. Amen? Like my one friend said, we're going to bury the hatchet and we're not leaving the handle sticking out. We'll put it away. We're going to put it away. We have to make that choice in our lives. And as Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably, live peaceably with all, live peaceably with all men. With all men. Forgiveness is, a, is, is one of the most important things we can learn because it's in our forgiving others, now listen, that we truly understand God's forgiveness for us. It's in forgiving others that I truly understand God's forgiveness for me. You don't think God for one second, couldn't have just pushed the smite button on you for what you did? End it. Adulterer. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Fornicator. <laughs> Could have ended you. You think God doesn't have emotions? God doesn't have feelings? He absolutely does. He gets angry, he laughs, all those various emotions that you and I deal with, that's the, the reflection in our life. But, but here's the thing. He chose to forgive. He chose to release you. We deserve death. We receive life. We receive life that's driven by the love of God. Hallelujah. So here we are during the holiday season. We're traveling light. I don't want us to carry baggage into 2020 that we're carrying with us in 2019. Whether it's at God or it's towards our spouse or towards a past spouse or towards our children or towards a friend or towards another congregational person or towards some pastor in your past or some pastor in your present. And it happens. I used to tell people, if I've ever offended you, you know, and you need to talk to me, come and see me. And too many games. So I just said, stop that. I'm not offering that anymore. 
There's just too many people. I'm like, there's a line all of a sudden. It's not, well, hey, yikes. So I just quit asking. I just forget. I'll just do the blanket. The blanket? Forgive me. Forgive me. Not because I'm human. Forgive me because Christ forgives me. Forgive me because Christ has forgiven you. Is it really worth it to sacrifice your whole future like Esau did for just a few moments of anger and self-justification and a feeling of vengeance towards someone? To throw it all away because later on, and, and you know what? And I know I just I'll finish with this. Later on, there'll come a point when your life is coming to an end. And you'll reflect back on all those people, the kids, the family members, the church people. And if you've carried bitterness with you all your life, you will carry it to your grave with you. And it'll be a burden on your life. And so right now is a great day for you to just say, Lord, I put that at the cross. That is your thing to deal with, not my thing to deal with. And I pray for that person and I release that person. And here's the powerful thing. As I release them, I'm really releasing myself. I'm really releasing myself. Now, if I need to tell you a bunch more horror stories that have happened in my life about forgiveness with my dad, uh, forgiveness with people in the family, I got tons of them. And you know what? You got tons of them too. The only difference is I've made a choice to put it away and to pray for them and to love them and to not speak ill against them. I'm free. I am free. I'm free. That's real freedom. Stand up with me if you would. Thank you, Lord. That's real freedom. Hallelujah. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? Father, I pray all over the building today. I, Lord, I, I know that there are folks here that, Lord, that it's a real, the struggle is real. Nobody's denying that. Abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, Lord God. Divorce words that have been spoken between them and their children, Lord God, that have created division. Father, I know these are all, all too real. But Father, I pray right now that Your Holy Spirit, the love that passes all understanding, that exceeds the height, the depth, the breadth, the length, the width of anything that we could comprehend or understand. The love that you have from, for us that casts out, as John said, all fear, drives out all fear in our lives. I pray, Father God, that your love would be in this place for your people. And Father, that we would be able today to surrender to you that our past will no longer bind us and rob us from our future. 
that it won't rob us from relationships that we have. Lord, that we will not walk through life cautiously and fearful, but Lord, we will walk through life bold, confident, and loving. I pray right now, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would touch every heart here of every man and every woman. I want to ask you a question while your heads are bowed, if you would, this morning. If you say, Pastor Jolliffe, I need to make my life right with God today. I'm just not where I need to be in my relationship with God. Maybe you've never asked Christ into your life. Maybe you have at one point and you've just gotten far away from it. I want to give you that opportunity today. In a few minutes, we're going to all pray together. And uh, I'm just going to ask you if you say, Pastor, my life is not right with God, but I want to make it right today. I'd like you to just, all I'm going to ask you to do is I want you just to make eye contact with me all over the building. All over the building. Is there anyone here to say, Pastor Jolliffe, my life? Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else here today to say, that's me? My life is not right with God. My life ended tonight, I don't, today. In the next 10 minutes, I'm not sure if I'd be in heaven or not. I want to be sure. Is there anyone else here today who'd say, that's me? All over the building now. We want to give you that opportunity. You can join these two that have already acknowledged this. Is there anyone else today? Hallelujah. God's great love that he has for us. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Amen. We'll join these three. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Four, thank you, Lord. God's great love. Let's all pray this prayer together. Let's pray it out loud with these four that have asked to, to pray. Isn't that exciting today? Amen? And uh, how exciting is that? Father, uh, as we come before you, I thank you that you speak to the hearts of people as we pray these words together. Say this out loud with me, everyone together. Lord Jesus, I turn to you. I turn from wickedness. I turn from sin, and I turn to you. Help me, Jesus, to live my life for you. I surrender to you. You're the Lord of my life. Guide me, lead me, speak to me. Talk to me in my dreams. Speak to me through the day. I turn to you, Lord God, and turn away from sin. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray for everyone who has prayed that for the first time here, Lord God, or has turned back to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit graces them right now in their inner being, Lord God, that spirit that of adoption that cries out, Abba, Daddy, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that that becomes sealed in them, Lord God. And from this day forward, that their lives begin to show the turn as the transformative power of your Holy Spirit is at work in them and through them. In Jesus' name, and all those agreed said, Amen. give the Lord a good hand. Amen.